Welcome to episode 9 of the DC Drop, where we talk all the news this week in DC movies, TV, and comics. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. So we'll start off with some Aquaman, a new look at Aquaman from Entertainment Weekly. It's a it's a photo of Jason Momoa and Amber Heard as Arthur Curry and Mira just kind of standing there looking at something, uh, whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but it looks really cool. Yeah, I I really like the visuals in this picture. It, I mean, obviously, we've gone over this a bunch of times and James Wan has hammered at home that, you know, they're trying to, to do an action adventure swashbuckling film in the vein of Raiders of the Lost Ark or Romancing the Stone. And I can't help but get those vibes from this picture. It looks like two people on a quest to find some sort of object and they're doing some archaeology or they're going through old ruins. And that's exactly what's happening here. And it also, if you watch Fifth Element, it reminds you of, you know, some scenes in there. And I don't know what the mystical magical soda can is, but it looks like a real good um i don't know maybe it's like mcguffin soda or something and uh, but it looks like something cool to go after and you know there's a force field there's spartan artifacts helmets and stuff i don't know it looks really really cool um and i'm i'm really excited to figure out what they're actually going after and and what it does big can of soda cola lit up there is what it looks like (laughs) to me yeah it it definitely gives the quest vibes It, it looks like those films you mentioned and things like that they're in I don't know what they're in, some sort of tomb or whatnot, but the, the I'm excited for the land portion of this film, not as much as the underwater stuff, but when they're on land, whatever they're looking for and, and on this journey, the two of them together going on it, it looks like it's going to be a, a lot of fun and it, it is going to have flashbacks to, not flashbacks, but references to those older films and, and that sort of vibe that they're going for. So I really like to see that. and. It looks, it all looks good to me and there's tons of details and every frame we've seen from this is just stuffed from, from corner to corner with treats for the eyeballs and lots of cool stuff to see and lots of cool details in the background. And it's just amazing. The world building and everything they're they're showing the detail that is in the backgrounds of all of these different sets and, and designs and all of that. Yeah. And like you mentioned, this isn't underwater and obviously the underwater stuff is what I'm really looking forward to, but it it's pretty cool that this looks this awesome and and beautiful and well thought out, even though it's not underwater. Um, right. So if if they can make normal land stuff look this cool, I'm that just gets me more pumped for all the underwater sequences we haven't seen yet. Yeah, the boring Earth stuff, right? <laughs> Nobody cares about that. Looks cool. Then the water stuff should be really cool. Exactly. All right, moving on. Cooper Andrews, who is playing the uh, Victor Vasquez, the foster father in Shazam. Gave some details um, about his character in an interview with Comic Book Movie. He says, I can say that he's such a fun character to play. I always play some version of a happy guy, but this is a fatherly version. He tells the dad jokes. He's just this good-natured guy that's not trying to impose anything on anybody. With these kids, these foster kids, there's a fine line that he has to walk to guide them, and it's going to be cool. Yeah, he also praised the script, which you hope so. An actor in a film, like it, it would be news if they said it sucked. Uh, so it's not necessarily news that he's praising it, but that's cool. And uh, this looks like a cool character. It's not going to be the most important in the movie, but I think it will still be important. The father, the foster father to a group of, of kids who are trying to come together. And so that's a, a tough role to play, but he, he does have the look of, of a loving dad joke type of vibe yeah. uh, that, that I think he can play really well. And I haven't seen him in much, but I know he's gotten, uh, he's got a lot of fans from some of the other stuff he's in. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm sure there'll be some some fun hijinks of trying to hide 
their powers and in Shazam and everything from him. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. He, like you said, he he looks like the dad joke telling kind of person. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I wonder if if Billy and Freddie. We know he's going to tell Freddie right away, but I wonder if Billy will be sharing with others or if he's going to keep that to himself for the whole movie or what. But uh, yeah, that will be interesting to see how he hides that from this new family he he sort of gets pushed into yeah all right animated news cameron monaghan who you might know as jerome jeremiah on gotham is going to voice superboy in reign of the supermen um, which is the animated sequel to the death of superman yeah that was revealed in the special features for that film and i would not have picked him for it but that makes a ton of sense uh obviously jerome jeremiah is a very different character from superboy but i think he's got the voice to do it and pull it off and that would be really cool and i like that that casting for that keeping a dc person you know voicing someone dc similar to crest williams returning as john henry irons he had a little little role in the death of superman so that's gonna be pretty cool to see more of him or hear more of him voicing that role yeah and then jerry o'connell is gonna voice cyborg superman which makes sense that he is voicing Superman and Cyborg Superman. I think that yeah. that makes sense. Uh, it looks like Jim Krieg and Tim Sheridan, according to the special features, are going to be the writers of Reign of the Superman. So I'm, I'm a little disappointed that Peter Tomasi isn't returning because I loved what he did with the death of Superman. But Krieg has written lots of DC stuff, Justice League, The Flashpoint Paradox, among them. It's uh, some animated series and Gotham by Gaslight most recently. So... I think he'll do a good job. And Sheridan has worked on a few different things, including Justice League action. So I'm I'm still excited to do that. I would have liked to have Tomasi return for the, the continuity and everything, but I think they'll do a good job. Yeah, and I mean, they've just been doing such a good job recently with their animated films that I'm I'm still very confident that this is going to be a, a good film, even if they're you know swapping out some writers. Yeah, I think this is one of the strongest stretches, This definitely the strongest stretch for this universe of animated films has had from... Teen Titans, The Judas Contract, Justice League Dark before that, Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay, and then The Death of Superman. I think that's a really, those are four of the best films in that universe, and they're, they're all right in a row. So I think it's a really strong turn, and I, I like the way things have been heading for this. Yeah, me too. So Legendary Entertainment, which has worked with Universal in the past, previously worked with Warner Brothers, and then worked with Universal in the past, has is nearing a deal to return to Warner Brothers for a distribution and co-financing deal, according to Variety. So this is kind of confusing in terms of how it might impact DC. And the, the the true answer is we don't know how yet. But Legendary worked with WBDC from Batman Begins in 2005 to Man of Steel in 2013. Worked on most of the movies in that time in, in, in at least a co-financing capacity. Except for, I think, Green Lantern. But they did the Dark Knight trilogy, Jonah Hex, Man of Steel, uh, and, and things like that. How it, how it will work, we'll just kind of have to wait and see. It's not expected to be a financing partnership, but they could be investors in each other's films. So they might be anywhere from a, a silent partner in future DC films to having no involvement at all or a little bit larger role. We'll just have to wait and see. But um, yeah, it looks like Legendary is returning to Warner Brothers and we'll see in what capacity. Yeah, like you said, we, I mean, any any thoughts about how this could affect films or change anything is just pure speculation. There's, there's no real hard details, but... Um, Right, there's a good chance that it's just replacing Rat Pack Entertainment yeah. and, and they will be able to provide some financing and things like that for the big budget films. Yep. All right, moving on to TV news. Uh, there's a poster for season five of The Flash that got released by the CW on Twitter. Uh, so it looks like a new suit for Barry 
Um, but other than that, the poster looks like it could just be for any season because it kind of looks like Barry <laughs> running real fast and doesn't even have a year or a season number on it. So um, maybe they just have a template and they just switch out whatever new picture of, of Grant Gustin they get. But whoa, whoa. It, looks, it looks cool. <laughs> it says all new October 9th. Tuesdays yeah. at eight seven. So that's it doesn't say October year, 9th though. is not always a Tuesday. So <laughs> okay, your point's invalid. But yeah, what do you think of this this suit new suit? Uh, it looks good. It looks like a flash suit. I like the um. Th- there's another look that Grant Gustin shared on Instagram, and you get to see him kind of standing up. I like the the lightning bolts and the kind of like um, geometric designs on it. It looks sharp um, and flashy so i don't like i guess that's a way to describe it it looks like the flash and i I like it a lot (laughs) yeah i think that pretty much sums it up i'm not blown away but i'm not i don't dislike it or anything it's it's just a a suit and i'm not a a suit expert or anything i'm not a suit snob i don't have real strong opinions either way but it it does look like the flash and in terms of it being better i think i might like it better i don't know we'll have to see it in action because i've never been most of the cw costumes i've never been blown away with and then but then they look fine and they look like the character in action so i don't have a problem with it and my guess is i will i will feel pretty similar to this but i do like it's a little brighter a little more red and less maroon so that's nice a little more flash like and yeah it looks good and i'm i'm sure it'll look good in action yeah and i can't tell in that if it's just a shadow or whatever but on the instagram picture that grant gustin shared it looks like maybe he's got some fake blood makeup on like he just got in a beat up in a fight but maybe i'm just imagining things i just assumed that was a real picture of grant gustin yeah got, got in a real fight but it might be from set you do have a point there <laughs> so keenan lonsdale will appear as wally west kid flash in just three episodes of season five of the flash showrunner todd helbing told newsarama he said we don't have as much time with kid flash as i think everyone would like to see but the story we have for him is really cool so we knew he was lonsdale wanted to take a smaller role in this universe going forward and it's just going to be three episodes on the flash and nothing on legends of tomorrow so greatly reduced role for him yeah it's it's nice that they recognize that people want more of him but it doesn't seem like there's much that they can do to to get him on involved more so that's that's kind of sad i i did really like his character i mean i still like him we're still going to get to see him um but yeah he's definitely been underutilized and i, I think there's more they could have done with the kid flash story yeah but you know if the actor wants to move on what do you what do right. you do if he wants to take a reduced role? And I, I do like Kid Flash as well, but um, yeah, just hopefully those three episodes he in, is in will be really cool, like uh, Helping says. Yeah. Uh, we also got some details about Black Lightning Season 2 from Newsarama. So Season 2 starts about one week after the Season 1 finale, so they're not going not gonna to be a huge gap in time there. Right, not a, not a lot of wasted time. Uh, and it's going to deal with the impact of the green light drug, which is being used as a metaphor for um, like crack and drug addiction in the real world, which it's it's not hard to see that metaphor, but uh, they've explicitly <laughs> right. said that. Yeah, that's what that's what Salim Akil, the showrunner, explicitly said they're, they're using that. And obviously not not surprising there. Uh, but I do like when comic book adaptation, comic books and adaptations use comic booky science fiction type stuff to deal with real world issues and that's a that's a cool thing from there it's you can obviously see it with the green light drug and in, in season one and they're obviously not going to drop it going into season two and it sounds like it's going to be a big continuation there and they're going to deal with that as well as you know the other kids who were given powers in the past and things like that so black lightning season one was really strong and i'm confident in season two as well yeah and it was such a it was like a nice tight story it didn't take it didn't cover that big of a time period and so 
I'm excited that they're picking up just one week later and just kind of jumping back in because they they left it at a point where you're like, I, I want to know what is about to happen right now. Um, so it looks like they're going to do that. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, we still don't have a final episode count, official episode count as far as I know. Um, but we'll have to wait on that. We also got details on season two of Krypton from star Cameron Cuff and executive producer Cameron Welsh with TV Insider, an interview there. Um, most excited. He obviously couldn't talk too much about anything, but he said, well, Welsh said, we'll see Doomsday Unleashed. We'll see how destructive of a force he can be. So Doomsday was just teased in season one, and now it looks like he's going to be running around on Krypton, smashing some stuff like Doomsday likes to do. Yeah, that's that's not surprising because we didn't get to actually see him in action or, or doing any of the Doomsday stuff. Um, but still exciting to hear and to look forward to for sure. Yeah, and I wonder... That's, that's going to be a tough to battle Doomsday on Krypton. Now, yeah. if this is an early Doomsday before he's been mutated and, and killed a bunch of times and resistant to everything, he could be potentially weaker than the Doomsday who goes on to kill Superman. Uh, but still, he from what little we've seen of him punching things, he looks like he'll be quite a destructive force. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And they're also going to, to show what it is like to have Zod in power. And they talked about how Zod's not really a villain, although you know he's doing things for the good of Krypton. But you can certainly argue with his the methods of the way he goes about it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I believe that he's not really a villain. He's a he's a villain. <laughs> <laughs> not in Zod's eyes. He's he's right. yeah. he is trying to do things for the good of Krypton. We can we could disagree with. We could definitely argue over if he's going about it the right way. Uh, that's certainly an argument to be made, and and we know him as a villain. But the the way the show is portrayed him. Even if you don't agree with him, you can understand where he's coming from. Yeah, and I, I love the casting that they have for Zod, and he's really selling it that he he believes himself that he's doing the right thing. And so, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to actually seeing him get to realize some of the his goals and power, and probably see it corrupt him as well. That makes for some good storytelling. Some, such a bonkers cliffhanger yeah. ending to season one of Krypton, and I'm glad they're going to they're not just going to wrap that up in the in the first scene of the new season, it, from what it sounds like, it looks like they're going to deal with that, deal with those repercussions, take some time before, you know, changing things back to what we would expect to see. So I, I like that. I want to take some time with that and see what this world is like with Zod and power and all of that going on. Yeah, me too. All right, moving on. The 2018 Teen Choice Award winners have been announced. Um, and so some DC stuff in there. So for Choice Action TV show, The Flash won. And then for Choice Action TV actor, Grant Gustin, who plays The Flash on The Flash, won. And for Choice Action TV actress, Melissa Benoist, playing Supergirl, also won. So exciting to see some recognition for these these really good DC shows. Yeah, and I didn't look at all the categories again or anything recently. But yeah, I think those are well-deserved, all, all three of them. Yeah. On to comics. DC Comics has announced a crossover coming up this October and November. Five issues. It is titled Justice League Aquaman Drowned Earth. This is this sounds pretty cool, and it's smart to do it before doing Aquaman-centric crossover leading up to the Aquaman film. I think that's that's not an accident. But it begins on October 31st with Justice League Aquaman Drowned Earth number one, which is going to be a 48-page issue and sort of introduce all of the elements. It will continue in Justice League... 11 and 12, Aquaman number 42, and then it will wrap up in Aquaman Justice League, Drowned Birth number one. They just switched the beginning there. Another 48 issue wrap up thing. And it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it, it sounds really cool. And again, 
smart marketing if you have this coming out why not uh why not cross promote it a little bit and make people aware of the fact that it's coming out and i'm sure the people reading these comics are probably not going to find out that there's an aquaman film coming out because of these comics they probably already know but it's still nice to to just have that stuff together yeah i I just like it as i don't know how much movies bring in comic book readers and and vice versa but it is cool if to have an aquaman related event as you to sort of hold you over until the aquaman movie right exactly um, and then they have a description that says they'll pit the league against a race of ancient and long forgotten sea gods and an army of alien mercenaries reveals shocking secrets about Arthur's legacy and thwart a plot to flood the planet and turn people into aquatic monsters. Sounds bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what else could you really want in an Aquaman based crossover? Uh, and it's cool to see Aquaman taking the center stage. He did back in the justice league throne of Atlantis arc and to see it again is pretty cool. And I don't know the world drowning in people becoming aquatic monsters lots of shocking secrets in arthur and arthur's legacy i don't know this sounds like a fun one to me yeah me too and a bit of, a tiny bit of legal news so hasbro a while back who owns the transformers franchise had sued dc to try to stop them from selling bumblebee toys based on the dc comics character bumbleboy bumblebee and according to Variety, that has been settled, but they don't know what the terms are. Terms are not disclosed. So WB sells toys of Bumblebee based on the Superhero Girls line. And there's that Bumblebee Transformers movie that comes out the same day as Aquaman. Um, so, yeah, we don't know what it was settled, but I'm assuming WB is going to be able to sell Bumblebee toys. I just don't know how it'll be worked out. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's probably not much room for confusion. I don't think people are going to get the dc superhero girls character confused with the transformers robot but maybe there is uh so hopefully everything's just kind of going to stay the same maybe somebody's getting some cut of every sale or something but who knows if we'll ever figure that out but it's nice that it's settled well you know a kid telling a parent hey i want that yellow bumblebee toy yeah. <laughs> you, could, you can see how it would it could get confusing but the the dc bumblebee was around before the the transformer bumblebee by six years or so but I don't think this is one of the cases of, I mean, DC has been ripped off a lot worse than, than this. I don't think this is one of those cases necessarily because a a yellow bumblebee is a pretty generic uh, term and stuff like that. But yeah, just another legal resolution if you're interested in that kind of thing, which I don't know how many people are. All right. Well, that's all we've got for today. Short day, not a lot of news. You can always send us a question on Twitter if you want to to give us some questions for the the podcast that would be probably smart to do even in shorter weeks like this but that's all we've got for today thanks for listening and we'll be back soon